Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Matthew Chute. I am Chute Chi. Coming to you now as the climate boot. It's Wednesday, the 10th of July, 2019. And a headline caught my eye. And a piece of information resulted in a little bit more research. And I thought I'd, I thought I'd share this with you. The climate Buddha has been discussing solutions to climate change and where our efforts and energies are best spent. And of course, the questions about, you know, how much does this cost? Who needs to pay for it? These kind of discussions that become, you know, big debates because people seem to think they know how money works. You earn it, put it in the bank and spend it on your bills, save a little bit, grow a little net worth and earn some interest. These little trivialities of our economic system, these trivialities of how the economic system works in these little trivial truth-saying quips about capitalist systems and having a low uh, you know, asset and having no money and taking out loans and paying. Well, this is, this is small-town capitalism. This is the feudal Europe from which the Catholic Church created our capitalist system. This is supply and demand, simple truisms of work hard and pay your bills and, you know, don't go far into debt. Well, it turns out that um, the total value of the world's money, um, if we took all of the world, all their coins, banknotes, money market accounts, as well as savings, checking, time deposits, um, the entire value of every single country is estimated around $90 trillion. That number, because of deep time, big numbers, and the problem with deep time, deep distance, just how long does it take for a dinosaur bone to fossilize? I mean, all these questions of just how far away is Alpha Centauri, these questions of uh, can you understand what the black hole is doing in the center of our galaxy, these require a, an extrapolation to say how, how can that distance that number makes sense. Or if I said to you that the climate has remained within an envelope of about a degree of variation for a long enough time for humanity to coalesce around its current trajectory of being um, wholly responsible for the death of everything else on the planet, that their population overshoot, etc. So the total value of the world's money is about 90 trillion. It's a big number. The length of time that it takes for the climate change is another big number. The idea that distance and time itself are just difficult things to wrap your mind around. I think 90 trillion is a very difficult number to comprehend. My income over the past 10 years multiplied by numbers just don't I have nothing to reference in my experience to a trillion dollars. I actually have a friend in my high school class who apparently married a billionaire. 
I don't know what that is. I really don't know what that what that means as far as a number. I know that just about anything you can buy, and there's no, there's just no usage for your money at a certain point. I think uh, most research indicates that around a hundred million dollars, you've bought everything you can buy, and you've got as many toys as much security. So when you start talking about billions over that, this is just about an accusation of acquisition of power and some sort of game, the money game. Why am I talking about this right now is because Deutsche Bank, one of the world's largest banks, uh, this is on par with Goldman Sachs and the rest of the large international banking uh, organizations that have and control all of our major money supply. Deutsche Bank's one of them. This is one of the top, top cheeses right there. Well, just over the last week or so, Deutsche Bank has decided to lay off 18,000 employees, and they posted an earnings of $267 million. Again, this is a number that just, big number, $267 million. That sounds like a profitable bank, right? Well, it, it turns out that's not. That's an indication of a bank not making a lot of money. And that's an indication of a bank of the size and stature not performing. So analysts, which I am not, uh, analysts are saying, wow, there could be something wrong with one of our largest banks. In a similar situation we had in 2008, while well, the Lehman Brothers decided to go out of business and the repercussions worldwide are probably still being felt to this day. So the reason why I've been talking about the total value of the world's money is $90 trillion. Is that it turns out that Deutsche Bank has something called a $43 trillion euro exposure in something called the derivatives market. I know much about the derivatives market because I learned about it long ago. I was uh, interested in how it functioned and and I knew that it existed, and as a professional caddy, I actually caddied for a professional derivative salesman and asked him some specific questions about how the derivatives market, what it was. But it's a financial instrument, instrument is what it is. It, and I'll tell you the exact, um, you know, the exact definition of a derivative is right now. You can look them up on Google and enjoy the millions of hits, but a derivative is a contract between two or more parties that derives its value from performance of an underlying asset index or entity. And, you know, derivatives are futures contracts, forward contracts, options, warrants, swaps. These are the sophisticated financial instruments that really are the game of our financial system. It's the game that puts people in suits and everybody makes money on this. So the derivatives market as a whole, if we were to say that, you know, we have a lot of these investments going on, between two people or more. And we'd say, well, how's, how's the health of the derivatives market? You know, how's the health of the, of the tulip market? How many tulips are being sold? And you could do a worldwide research on tulips and realize the tulip market's probably about a $500 million market, I'm guessing. But it's a big market. That's a lot of money in tulips. Well, it turns out that the derivatives market that the low-end estimate, because they don't know for sure, it's not regulated by the UN or anybody for that matter, but the, the, the low-end estimate of the size of the derivatives market is 544 
trillion dollars. And there's also high estimates that say, well, you know, we didn't count this and count that. And that is 1.2 quadrillion dollars. Again, a number that just makes no sense to the math monkeys of the world, including myself. This quadrillion dollar, this thousand trillion dollar derivatives market is juxtaposed against the uh, total assets of the entire worth of all the money on the planet of 90 trillion. So there's 10 times more. <laughs> I'm sorry, my math is probably not great, but there's approximately 10 times more derivatives money than there is actual money and the amount of assets. Anyways, a good place to go to enjoy these type of questions and to really understand what these numbers are in a graphical representation beyond listening to the climate Buddha is you go to called visualcapitalist.com and visualcapitalist.com does a great job of giving you these pieces of information. So the Deutsche Bank has an exposure of 43 trillion euros in the derivatives market and that 43 trillions represents literally half of all the money on the planet. Now, of course, that isn't half of the money on the planet. That's just, that's just, that's just a derivative of that. But it turns out that these computer-generated, completely gamed financial instruments that make up the underpinning of all of our economic system are a wild, wild west of risk. And the main reason why is that they're not related to anything that's real. There just isn't enough actual assets of anything. And if we look at the world's gold, and we look at the world's, you know, coins and banknotes and all of the things that make up, um, you know, what money is, what real assets are, the ratio of this derivatives and the ratio of the Deutsche Bank's assets to real things that are touchable and holdable and say, you know, I just bought this bar of gold, I bought this car, I have a container load full of wheat. These type of real things, their actual value is a pittance compared to this economic game system run by our banks. Well, there's a third thing to consider about all these numbers and issues that the climate Buddha is just not going into enough detail for a financial expert to completely conclude what's really going on. But I want you to know that more and more research that you spend on the world's money supply, who has it and where it's going, you come to the conclusion that there is enough money to do anything. In the estimates of the consequences of climate change being the trillions of dollars are irrelevant. They are simply irrelevant. If every single day we get a hurricane that hits Florida, which 
may seem impossible until you realize the red spot in Jupiter is essentially a hurricane. And you realize that there's a possibility of having continuously bad weather that needs to be compensated for with technology through using communication technology, the movement of assets, all of the complicated things necessary to keep people and things alive in disaster situations. When we look at the cost of that, and the numbers that are being estimated are in the trillions of dollars. And you say to yourself, oh my, there, there's, just, there's just not enough money. We, we can't take care of people. It's, we're, we don't have enough money to, to give people a decent social safety net or unemployment insurance and health care. There's not enough money. There's not enough money oh, to, to give people food and housing. There's... There was not enough money. The, the Republican and Congress screaming, we can't afford to fund little old ladies in wheelchairs. There's not enough money. That was the climate Buddha giving the best panic-stricken little old lady sound of there is not enough money that every single person on the planet has heard from their own home. Well, except for our president. But every middle class person everywhere can relate to real economic problems where there's not enough money to survive, there's not enough to pay the bills. These little trivial, personal Microeconomic issues have nothing to do with the macroeconomic issue, which is the fact that there is enough money to do anything. Money can appear magically when it needs to. The people who have asset control of these numbers that I've been banting about at any moment can write a check, a blank check, to change society in a direction that they so choose. They just haven't chosen to make those changes. When you look at real effective leadership of the world, one only needs to go to the economic masses and say, what have you done with your power? You have all of the control, you have all of the fingers, and the greatest numbers that have ever been computed are all at your fingertips. What have you done with that responsibility? And why are you crying now that you may have to spend some of your assets that you've gained? One of my favorite you know, scenes in a documentary was a lawyer talking to his client saying, you know, you've probably saved your money over the years to protect yourself for a rainy day. Well, now's the rainy day. You have to spend that money. There is enough money in the international banking system to pay every single person on the planet a universal wage. Wages that they can live on. So no longer is everyone a, a slave, a slave to the capitalist system selling their labor, demanding the capitalist system demands your labor as cheaply as possible and we don't care if you can live on that money or not. That's, that can be solved in one check writing episode from any of the Deutsche Bank employees. Because they've got 43 million dollars of derivatives that they could just say, you know, I think we're just going to 40, excuse me, 43 trillion euros that they could just write a check at any moment and pay everybody on earth a living wage. 
And, you know, the whole thing of paying everybody on earth a living wage is not that far-fetched. It simply is, can be done instantaneously with the implementation of the kind of databasing systems that already exist through the American political system. Cambridge Analytica has probably got this figured out. MIT certainly could figure it out. There is no problem with paying people money, freeing up their time specifically to work on the social problems that we need worked on. Hashtag instant radical change. We cannot waste another moment on climate change. <laughs> Every second that we are not preparing the population for the consequences of climate change is a wasted second. Every moment that the information about climate change is kept secret from the masses is a moment that the masses could flourish in the reality of the situation. They can understand that their time on earth is limited and make a best effort. The best possible steps for humanity await. Humanity's greatness in the face of these odds and this circumstance, this is a challenge and an opportunity for all of us. But if we're starved down on survival, trying to get out of the heat, food, water, shelter, no money, no ability to move, just roll up and be unaccounted for as the weather, the climate, and the economic system whittled away at your chances of survival. Climate Buddha recognizes that things aren't going to get better, but things can get better instantly. Instant radical change says that we can stop this casino that's been running everything for the years that it has and change it into a system for good, a system adapted to change, a system that will embrace change and use it as a way to move humanity further and further to its fullest potential of cooperation of getting along with one another in a productive way, of accomplishing things that are, aren't about monuments to the ego, but monuments to the benefit of all living beings. The universal alignments, hashtag universal alignments, says that it's time to stop all of men's games. And the biggest game, the biggest game, beyond any shadow of a doubt, is the numbers in association with the visualcapitalist.com visualization project. This system has been gamed. It has stopped. It, is, it has been uh, detached from the realities of the people who are playing it. The realities of the people who are playing it is that they don't have enough money. The realities of the people who are playing it is they don't have enough health care, housing. All of the basic needs of sub-Saharan Africa can be paid for if we just change asset distribution. The world is in this together. There is not going to be any piece of property on the planet not affected by climate change. Everybody is going to be affected by climate change, including some of our most progressive and our most optimistic and our most well-planned and our most well thought out sustainability ecological professionals who have said that we need to work hard on the, the, the standard 
sustainability issues of having a low carbon economy, all of these long-term programs that are based on the idea that we as humans can live with a smaller footprint, these all have validity. They just don't have any more time. We're facing a climate crisis that could unfold weekly. There is literally circumstances and situations that could occur in the next two weeks that could radically change the speed to which the climate is affecting life on Earth. The speed to which the climate is affecting life on Earth, we all hope, all of us in the abrupt climate change community don't want to know this information. And we all hope that we're wrong and that we actually do have decades and decades to enjoy the slow transition to something called a low carbon economy. Unfortunately, the evidence is just the opposite of that. We're going to have a change whether we like it or not, or whether we prepared or not, or whether we have in place systems that can handle it. Distribute power, hashtag distribute power, asks the question, can the existing system predicated on man's games and making as much money for as few people as possible. Is there any way we can run it better than that? And my answer is yes. Hashtag distribute power says that we could put an information grid in place worldwide that would meet the needs of every individual in every community because we would no longer be focusing our efforts and energies on a representational government. We'd be focusing our efforts and energies on a full democratic control of policy by the voters themselves. This is a technocratic utopian model that's based on expertise being rewarded with having power. I'm sorry, but lawyers should be the ones voting for judges. And although you may have been very involved in the latest election of a judge somewhere, I can assure you that unless you're deeply entrenched in the legal community and the esoteric world that that represents, the actual qualifications for a judge are not how spiffy his name sounds or how good his shoes are shined or any of the other arbitrary factors of our representational government that affect votes. A small perusal of political science shows factors that affect votes that are just completely based on a brain suited for picking fruit off trees not for a brain suited of managing a complex world with military, nuclear power, and climate change facing us all. The Climate Buddha is interested in the right decisions being made at the right time. And the Climate Buddha is putting his efforts forward, but one of the key components to what the Climate Buddha is doing in these efforts is a realization that we are now baked in for a certain amount of temperature increase on the planet. And discussions of sea level rise and discussions of other consequences in association with, with climate change have nothing to do with the reality that we're facing worldwide temperature increases far and beyond the three degree threshold that was generally agreed to be the one on which three degrees of Worldwide heating is going to make living in general just difficult for anything alive 
because the environment doesn't support life. We can create our, our a life on the bottom of the ocean, living in submarines and submersible. We can create a life in the Antarctic Circle underneath a huge geodesic dome. And we can dig a very deep hole and put nuclear power plants down a thousand feet into the ground so there's electricity and light and air ventilating and they're making their own water. And yes, extinction for all of humanity may take some time because of these efforts, but humanity is a terrestrial species. Our ability to adapt to different foods, our ability to adapt to different environments, our ability to adapt to different social organizational systems, all of these abilities are functions of just the unique and specialness of the, of the clever ape, the walking out into the savannas, standing up and looking across the grasslands for its next food, got them standing in a bipedal stride and whatever evolutionary mechanisms that put us together was an incredible, rare and precious occurrence. If those of you have some spare time and would like to really explore a concept that sums up the climate Buddha's talk today is to go to Wikipedia and look up the rare earth theory. The science of the rare earth theory really makes you ask the question of why didn't we take care of this precious jewel of life from which we are all in some sort of spherical spaceship traveling through time and space and it has limited resources. It has a limited capacity for handling the kind of populations of anything. My name is Matthew Chu. I'm Chu Chi, the Climate Buddha. You can find me on Patreon. I'd like support to help producing these podcasts. Thank you so much for listening. Please like me and share this amongst the social media mavens and minions. Thanks for your time.